You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is time. It is time. They can't be the Packers. No. Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I am your host, JJ Leahy. Uh, it's been a while since we've done uh, voicemails or texts to the Google, Google Voice number. So, 231-714-4195. If you try to text or leave a voicemail and you're not getting through, uh, let me know via Twitter. Uh, at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. I mean, you can reach out on Twitter as well, but I really like being able to play the voicemails on the show. So let's get back into that. That is a lot of fun. Wow. It has been a brutal two weeks for me. I have been just deathly ill. <laughs> uh, I took a COVID test because all the symptoms matched up and negative test, uh, took another one, negative test. So I don't know, but two straight weeks of just like, you know, not flat on my back 24-7, but flat on my back a lot of the time. Uh, very difficult to make it through work. Fortunately, I work from home, so that makes it easier to kind of do work in some shorter chunks. <clears throat> um, podcasting has been uh, very difficult. <laughs> uh, I have turned out a bunch of, uh, of requests to go on other people's shows that I normally would Except, but I did go on the uh, Go Dad Go podcast on Tuesday. That is Brian Moffey. He's been on this podcast before, and Robin Adams uh, from Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Two really good guys. Um, hope you will check that podcast out if you haven't already. Um, the big news, the big news, is apparently today, Wednesday. I'm recording this Tuesday night, but apparently today, uh. What's his name? Marcus Aubrey? Aubrey Marcus is the problem with people who have uh, two first names. Other people sound like idiots when they try and say your name. Aubrey Marcus uh, has a podcast. I've never heard of him. But he has Aaron Rodgers coming on, and they are doing a documentary called Awaken the Darkness on YouTube. Apparently dropping tomorrow, Wednesday, today for you guys. 
he says on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify. No doubt this is going to go everywhere. I'm going to play you a clip from it. Out of the black. Mm-hmm. Not too many people I know have done that journey. There's two choices the person has. Wait for the world to bring the darkness upon them, or they can go out and find the darkness and prepare for the inevitable challenges that the world brings. And just kind of let whatever was going to come in, come in. And it did. A lot of great contemplation around, you know, how I show up in the world. And and then, uh, you know, I spent parts of uh, a couple of days imagining what it would be like to uh, retire and then imagining what it would be like to continue to play. So I think there's like next to zero chance that he actually announces his decision on this documentary. I'm not planning on listening to this unless other people listen to it and say it's really good. Uh, I recall last year Rogers went on some dude's podcast. Maybe it was the same guy. I don't know. I should look this up. Was it the same guy? Oh my gosh. It was August 3rd, 2022 Aaron Rogers challenging journey to self love and mental dot, dot, dot. I don't know what the rest of that says. I'm not going to click on it. Uh, but this is where he got into all the ayahuasca stuff. This is where this is this is where the whole ayahuasca deep dive came out. And I think this is where we learned about the. No, we learned about the Panchakarma cleanse on Pat McAfee. <laughs> Remember the Panchakarma cleanse? Apparently, he does that like I don't know about every off season, but I think his direct quote was, "I have done this in the off seasons." Um, and then you look it up, and it's like this eight step. Uh, Indian cleanse they've been doing for a thousand years and it involves uh, puking your guts out and, and pooping yourself. <laughs> um, listen, more power to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not interested in doing any sort of a cleanse that causes me to puke and poop myself. I've done, I have done different cleanses before. I've done like a juice fast and I don't know, maybe that is pseudoscience. Maybe a juice fast does not help you. I'm going to Google this right now. Does a juice fast actually work? Right away, the biggest problem I'm seeing is that there are no like, reputable websites showing up that are answering, answering this question. You got Cosmopolitan. You got Clean Eating Kitchen. LittleWestJives.org. I don't even know what that means. Oh, a little less gives. Duh. <laughs> uh, Noom.com. Never heard of that. And their title is Diets Don't Work. Noom Does. Juice Cleanse Diet. Okay. Um, Washington Post. Uh, depending on your depending on your stance, you you might think that the Washington Post is not very reputable either. Uh, WebMD. We've all been warned, warned about uh, WebMD. All right. Amy Myers, MD. Let's see what she says. Do juice cleanses work? Premise is simple. You drink only juices from fruits and vegetables over a period of time from three days to three weeks. Whew, I only did two days. And by the way, I did this when I was a teenager because <clears throat> my mom told me it would be good for me. Um, juice cleanse is considered a convenient quick fix to flush toxins out of your body. Okay. I paused it and read her entire article, and she never answered the question. She listed some cons to to doing it, and some of the cons were it's expensive. Okay, Amy, 
Come on. We're, we're trying to figure out if it actually works. She says, drink smoothies instead. Why? I have to admit that I am a smoothie fanatic. When it comes to my morning routine, there's always one step that makes it easy to get out of bed and get excited for the day. A delicious smoothie. Here are a couple of recipes for my favorite smoothies. Okay, Amy, come on. My girl, you didn't answer the question. This is not helpful. All right, last try. Washington Post. In the diet world, the term detoxify refers to removing toxic substances from the body. There's no denying that we inhale and ingest toxins in our environment, which can come from air pollution, cigarette smoke, household cleaners, alcohol, and ultra-processed foods, etc., etc. And uh, just interject, what my mom had told me is that this builds up in your joints, and then your joints can hurt because of that. And so that was why she said to do a juice cleanse. All right, let's continue. But, says Washington Post, we expel most toxins naturally through sweat, breath, urine, feces, rendering detox products unnecessary. Health experts agree that the human body's built-in detoxification system is all we need. However, dot, 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 even though the body is self-detoxing, you can support these efforts by eating a balanced diet reducing exposure to known toxins, uh, and this includes limiting ultra-processed foods and alcohol, drinking more water, eating protein-rich foods, and getting sufficient fiber from vegetables, fruits, nuts, and beans. I don't know, man. <laughs> this, this sounds, at worst, inconclusive. Uh, anyways, so so the juice cleanse is about the most extreme thing I've ever done. Aaron Rodgers' uh, Panchakarma cleanse that involves puking and pooping yourself is a little bit out there for me. Uh, more interestingly than the Aaron Rodgers podcast, which maybe he will announce something football-related, but probably not. I think he's going to talk way more about the uh, spiritual and, and enlightenment and you know whatever aspects that are important to him of his darkness retreat and, and what he can share uh, regarding that experience. More interesting to me were the comments from Brian Gutekunst. Um, and by the time this podcast goes up, the comments will be about 24 hours old, which means they will have been dissected and torn to shreds a million ways by everybody. So here's just what I want to say. So Goody was asked point blank, do you want Aaron back as the quarterback of the Packers? And as you have probably already heard the soundbite by now, he was completely noncommittal. He said, yeah, I think those com- those discussions have to happen. Uh, we got to make sure that it's the right fit for him. But obviously we know the kind of player he is. And once we've had those conversations, we'll be able to move forward and we'll have more to say. So, um, I know a crowd of uh, people who are going to try and say this is absolutely nothing. And this is just Goody trying to make sure that his words cannot be taken as any kind of an indication one way or the other by the media. There's the other crowd of people who are saying Rogers is definitely gone because Goody clearly doesn't want him back. I think and have always thought that Gudikins is a pretty straight shooter. And it seems pretty black and white to me that what he's saying is there is a path forward to keeping Rodgers in Green Bay if he wants to be there. 
but there's this line where he says, making sure it's the right fit. I think that there's something that the Packers want in exchange or want in return from Rodgers. I don't know what those are. I have to imagine that it has to include one of the following things. Either they want him to take a pay cut. I don't think that's likely, but it, but it's an option. Or they want him to be on board with their their vision of the team moving forward, uh, which would probably mean, hey, we're not bringing back every one of your buddies that you want, and we're going to continue to build young and continue to try and fix the salary cap and get our team back into contention. All right, I, I think that that it probably is very likely that that is part of it. And it would have to be. You have to be on the same page with Aaron Rodgers if you're bringing him back. The The other thing that this could be, and there are some people who are going to shut off the podcast right now because it is blasphemous to suggest this. Even though, even though we have heard from GMs of other teams, we have heard uh, leaks from people who you may or may not believe are credible sources although I think Tom Silverstein is a pretty credible source about what's going on inside or has been going on inside the Green Bay Packers. Or, you know, as I mentioned, we've heard from other NFL GMs of other teams, their thoughts about the situation. There has been a hefty amount of frustration expressed at the, Fact and and we and we have certainly heard this from some anonymous players. Frustration expressed at the fact that Rogers does not appear to the team to be very uh, invested and committed in a lot of their off-season programming. All right, we have Packers wide receivers on the record saying even though they do like Aaron Rodgers and they they are supporters of his saying gee it sure would have been nice if he was there in the offseason so I, I I think that there is a chance that, that is a a part of what the Packers are saying they would want in exchange or I'm sorry in return from Rodgers if he's going to be back now there, like I said, there are people who are shutting the podcast off right now because there is a, a chunk of uh, Packers fans who feel it is blasphemous to suggest that it's not okay for Aaron to skip, um, you know, OTAs or mandatory minicamp. But it's not about what I'm suggesting. It is about if this is a demand from the front office. And I think that the front office does have a right to demand that. All right. We, you know, comments have been made that look, I'm sorry. You don't like it, but this is in the CBA that you have to be there. All right. Minicamp is mandatory. There are a, you know, there are required off season activities that you have to participate in. And the reason is because it's important. Now, you can love Aaron Rodgers all you want, and I do love Aaron Rodgers. And I, I don't think that he is overpaid. I think that he should be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. 
but you're getting compensated for your time, for your body, for your involvement and your investment. If you're getting paid $59.5 million a year, I think it is fair to say in return, we want you here at our off-season scheduled programming that we require every other player on the roster to be here for. It's not just about Aaron Rodgers. Again, you got that comment from the wide receiver who said it sure would have been nice to have him there in the offseason. Why? Because having him there benefits the other players. So I do think um, I do think one other thing does go into this. Uh, Ryan has pointed out a bunch of times that Rogers' contract is set up in a way that you can bring him back for two years, but you really can't bring him back for one year. If you bring him back for one year, then you're having uh, – I don't know the exact number – it looks like it's what sixty plus twenty four, eighty four million dollars that hits your cap next year when he's not on the team, something like that. Eighty four. That's that's undo. You know, uh, it's it's not doable. However, if you have him for two years, you can spread things out to a manageable number. So, I that would probably have to be another factor in here as well. Is is it a good fit? Well, it's not a good fit for us if you are only committing to come back for one year. Like it's like it's it's physically not a fit for our salary cap for you to commit to only one year. So if you're going to come back, we need your word that we're not going to do this song and dance next year specifically because we already know that you're going to be here for 2024. And then after 2024, if you want to ride off into the sunset, have at it. So I think at a minimum, Gudikins has some combination of of those requirements for Aaron if he comes back. Uh, we already know that they are going to, you know, both Aaron and Gudikins have talked a couple times about the fact that his contract would need to be restructured. Obviously, that's that's plain for everybody to see because um, he'd be $90 million against the cap if he didn't. <laughs> so we can't do that. Um, but I, I think that, I think that that, you know, is it a good fit comment can be taken multiple ways. I also think that Gutekunst has made it pretty clear a bunch of times that he really, really, really wants to see Jordan Love play. Um, we've heard a lot from him over the years, you know, a lot of updates about where he's at developmentally. And, you know, they, for, for a while, there did not seem to be much reported growth by him from Jordan. Just, yeah, you know, he's got to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, we, you know, we're encouraged by what we're seeing. Uh, we like Jordan a lot. Um, you know, he's got some things he, he needs to keep working on. He knows what he's got to work on, yada, yada. Now his tune has changed, and he's literally saying the next step for Jordan is to be an NFL starting quarterback. That's what he needs next in his development. In other words, if he's not a starting quarterback in 2023, we are stunting his growth. When the GM is literally saying the next step for him is to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Then if you don't make him a starting quarterback somewhere for some team, by definition, logically we have eliminated every possibility 
<laughs> you are stunting his growth and preventing him from continuing to develop. Now, I I would really like to see Jordan start for the Packers. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I I really like Jordan. I, I like him. You know, maybe not as much as I like Aaron, but I I like him a darn lot, and I would really really like to see him start. But if you're not going to start him, I uh, you have to trade him at this point. You uh, you just really do because it's not fair to Jordan to sit him another year. It's not fair to him. You are squandering a year. I mean, he he should be given the opportunity to play somewhere for some team. There's 32 NFL teams. He should be playing for one of them and given the opportunity to go out and earn his second contract. I, I think that if he plays at a really high level for one year here, I don't think that he would have very much trouble finding a $30 million a year contract from some team somewhere. Um, is he, he going to get top, top quarterback money? Probably not, you know, un unless he really has a, uh, a year like, uh, like Joe Burrow had, um, in, in 2021 when he really broke out, you know, in some ways it could be a, a small blessing in disguise here because, you look at Lamar Jackson, for example, he won MVP and then followed that 2019 season up with a couple um, less impressive seasons. All right. No matter how big of a fan of Lamar Jackson you are, nobody can deny that 2019 was his best season, clearly, and the seasons that have come since then have not been as impressive. And, you know, if, if after that 2019 season, he had been due for a contract easily, clearly, obviously he would have been made the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Instead, he's locked in this battle with the Ravens where he wants tippy top money and they want to give him, you know, middle of the pack money. But I, I just think that at this point, you are doing a disservice to Jordan if you don't play him or trade him. I think any option besides play him or trade him is, you know, betraying uh, the the promises you have made to this young man because he very clearly has held up his end of the bargain. All right, when you are telling us he has shown us what we need to see, we know and we believe that he can be a a very good quarterback in this league and the next step the next step is for him to be a starting quarterback in the NFL okay if he has gotten to that point he has done his end of the bargain he's held up his end of the agreement has done everything you've asked of him has shown the growth that you have asked him to show it's time for you to now deliver I, I know contractually yeah he's got an extra year or, you know, one more year left here that you could force him to sit on the bench. And I know he's got this fifth year option that's like, I don't know, 28 million bucks or something. And you can force him to, to sit on the bench for a fifth year. Yeah, you can do it. And I think that that is a horrible thing to do. Jordan Love did not choose to come to Green Bay. He has been 
hated on and ridiculed by and complained about by the Green Bay fan base ever since he got here. He's had to sit behind another quarterback and he's had to put his life ambitions and his dreams on hold and just wait because the guy ahead of him is not ready to hang up the cleats. And up until now, you could blame Jordan for that. You could say, I'm sorry, dude. What you have shown us is not good enough. How could we give you the starting job? All right. Did you see how that Chiefs game went? Like, I'm sorry, dude. You haven't earned it. You can't do that anymore. The excuse is gone. Uh, Packers are going to restructure David Bakhtiari. That's not super unexpected. Um, I was, I, I would have been pretty surprised if we had moved on from Dave. Um, I'm slightly annoyed about this for one reason, and it's not the reason you think. All right. The reason I'm slightly annoyed is because, uh, last year, I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, we restructured Bakhtiari and he immediately went to Twitter and said, you're welcome Packers fans. <laughs> He's like trying to, to take credit for this and, and act like he did this magnanimous thing. BS. I, I'm just, I'm just dreading. I don't want him to do it again. It's so annoying. The reason it's annoying, it, it, it's not what he did. What's annoying <laughs> is that then I have a bunch of podcast listeners come to me and say like, wow, man, it's so great that Dave did that for the team. Like, why won't Rogers do that? You know what? Like, he's so selfish. Why won't this other player do it? Like David restructured. Why won't some, somebody else? Dude, I'm not speaking to the, to, to the fan. David, I'm calling you out on your BS. The team restructured you. All it means, and I, and I did a whole podcast on this last week, so I'm not going to rant on this very long. All it means is that the Packers took money that they promised to you in the future, and they gave it to you today. They gave you an advance. They said, hey, you know how we promised to pay you uh, 20 million bucks uh, this upcoming season for playing games. How about we give you, you know, 15 million of that today in a big fat check right to your bank account that you can go do whatever you want with it. And, uh, and then that will allow us to lower your cap it for this year. And then Dave goes to Twitter. He's like, you're welcome Packers fans. And again, Dave's not a bad guy and I'm not, I'm only frustrated at Dave. Like, like he knows what he's doing. He gets it. But a lot of uh, naive and ignorant fans, you know, believe what he's saying and believe when he's taking credit. And they think that it's this magnanimous thing that he's like taking some pay cut. BS. <laughs> he just got an advance. That's all it is. That's all a restructure is. Now, Big difference, okay, what Aaron Jones did was a pay cut. That was huge. He took a, what, $5 million pay cut, $6 million pay cut? I'm already forgetting. It's one of those two. That was huge. All right, Aaron is a good guy. Uh, Randall Cobb did that last year. He took, I want to say it was a $9 million pay cut last year, I want to say. All right, both of them, good guys for doing that. And I would do well <laughs> whenever they drop a pass or fumble a ball or whatever on Sundays to – Take a second from uh, before I start yelling at my TV and go, remember, he's a good guy. He took a pay cut to stay here. 
don't yell at your TV too loud. <laughs> All right, last thing I want to do here, and this is not important, but it's really fun, and um, I I just really want to do it. Okay, I tweeted, this is who general manager J.J. Leahy would have drafted number one overall at the time the last few years. All right, so this is going back over the last few years. Who do I think should have been the number one pick? Because um, there's been quite a few years where I just was just baffled. Like, seriously, that's that's the guy you're taking number one? Oh, okay. <clears throat> and, and I went backwards. I started with this year, 2023, and it's admittedly a little bit premature. I may change my mind by the time we get to draft day, but there's a dude I am just absolutely in love with. And I know you got the high floor guys, Jalen Carter, Willie Anderson. I totally get it. And maybe my answer will switch to one of those guys, you know, by the time we get there. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm going Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Miami. I just, I am absolutely in love with this dude. <laughs> uh, again, it, it's early. I may change my mind, but man... I'm just all about his upside. I'm so into what Anthony Richardson has as a quarterback prospect. Last year, 2022, I really did not like the draft class overall. 
but I I would have taken Aiden Hutchinson number one, um and and, and really uh, I didn't view him as a super high ceiling guy, although maybe what he showed us last year is that that was incorrect, and he does have some pretty startling heights he can reach to, so that could be pretty cool. Uh, except that you know he's a divisional rival, uh, but I I just viewed him as as kind of like a can't miss guy. Uh, twenty twenty one. Obviously, the guy was Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence had to be number one. I really liked Justin Fields, uh, but but even as big of a Fields believer as I was, I did acknowledge that Trevor is who I would take number one overall. Twenty twenty, the guy I would have taken overall at number one was Justin Herbert. Now, I don't actually know, as we sit here today, how good of a call that would have been. First of all, Joe Burrow has proven himself absolutely deserving of being the number one overall pick. The other guy I really liked was Chase Young. And, of course, Chase Young has not really lived up to the hype so far. And Washington fans and Ohio State fans would tell you that that is you know, mostly due to injury and that when he's been healthy, he's been really good. I'm still waiting to see it in the NFL, but Justin Herbert was my guy. So he was actually the third quarterback taken. Uh, Jordan Love, of course, was the fourth quarterback taken. Justin Herbert was the guy I would have taken number one overall. And a year later, when the news was broken by Adam Schefter that Aaron Rodgers was disgruntled and that he was telling uh, people that he didn't want to come back to Green Bay. The rumor was on that day, actually there were multiple rumors, but there were there were rumors that the Chargers were interested in trading Aaron Rodgers for Justin Herbert. And I'm going to be honest, I <laughs> in that moment, you know, you didn't have a lot of time to process <laughs> on that day. I was really tempted. I was like, we've, we've seen a year of Justin Herbert, and I think he's been as good his rookie season as I was hoping. Maybe this is really it. Maybe maybe this could actually happen. What if Justin Herbert really did end up on my team? How wild would that have been? But yeah, Justin Herbert is who I would have taken number one overall, and I, I think I think we still have to wait a couple of years to see how good Justin Herbert is. I, I think that there is is honestly a, a wide range of outcomes for how Herbert's career could go. Um, he's been very good, no doubt about it, uh, so far in the NFL. But I, I think that there are now more questions, uh, what, four years in, uh, three years in, than we had after one year and after two years. I think at this point where there are – and, you know, his, his stats are very impressive. He actually – um, according to Pro Football Reference, he has a higher weighted value, career uh, weighted career approximate value than Joe Burrow does. Justin Herbert is at 43. Joe Burrow is at 38. It's close, but they're saying over the course of their two careers so far, Justin Herbert has produced more value. Now, I, I, I think we would all agree that recently, the last two years, Joe Burrow has probably outperformed Justin Herbert, but Burrow got off to a slow start. He missed a bunch of games due to injury his first year. So that's probably where Herbert uh, got a head start on him. Tua 
seems to be the third best of those three quarterbacks. It'd be interesting to see what the final order is between Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and uh, Jordan Love. Where those four rank um, after they all retire. That'll be very interesting. You know, it'll probably be, um, and it's funny that, uh, it's funny that the Chargers are one of the teams involved, but I, I think there are some similarities, you know, to the, what is it? The 2004 class that had uh, Big Ben, Philip Rivers, and Eli Manning. Would be interesting if, if uh, you got to the end and you're like, well, Justin Herbert was dang good, but, you know, the Chargers just never did anything. And, and, you know, how much of that was because of Herbert? I don't know. Uh, but, but he is who I would have taken. Um, and then 2019. So Kyler Murray went, was it Kyler Murray? Yeah, Kyler Murray. I had to do a double take for a second. Kyler Murray went number one overall. And I liked Kyler as a person. There, there was, um, I, th- I think there was actually some drama about him right before he was drafted. Uh, like some tweets that, he had to delete or something. I don't really remember it. You know, then there's the whole baseball thing. But to me, it was just a clear, obvious choice that Nick Bosa had to be the number one pick. And I think if you were to redo this draft, I think that is what you would unquestionably do. Nick Bosa would be the number one pick. And then I'm not sure that Quinn and Williams wouldn't be the second pick. I think it might be Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams. Well... I mean, I don't even know, would Kyler go ahead of Josh Allen? I'm not talking about Bill's Josh Allen. I'm talking about Jaguars' Josh Allen. Kyler probably would go ahead of Josh Allen, but it's close. I think Rashawn Gary probably ends up going a lot earlier. He's probably a top five pick if you did a redraft. Anybody else? You know, the, the whole 2019 first round didn't turn out that great, you know, Ed Oliver was taken at nine. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson taken at eight. Devin Bush taken at ten. He's been just a nightmare. He's been horrific for the Steelers. And then, of course, at fifteen, uh, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. That didn't work out. Brian Burns probably goes considerably earlier uh, than he did. But man, the rest of the Josh Jacobs probably ends up being a pretty high pick, just considering that. Nobody else in the first round really did that much. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of guys in the second round, like uh, Debo Samuel, who I think would end up going before p- pick 15 if you did a redraft. Anyways, and then uh, 2018, I would have done uh, Baker Mayfield. And that is obviously not something that has aged well. I really liked Baker. Um, the one thing I'll say is there's not actually a clear and obvious, uh, aside from the quarterbacks. There's not a, a clear, obvious guy who would go number one overall. Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen this time, would be the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft. After him, I mean, Denzel Ward at pick four has been, I think, everything you've hoped. He's been he's been very, 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 very good. Um, you know, he just got, you know, made the highest or one of the highest paid corners in, in football. Pretty recently. Quentin Nelson, the guard for Colts, has been pretty good. I would say Roquan has been a massive disappointment for being the number eight overall pick. Uh, Mike McGlinchey for the Niners has been a pretty good tackle, but I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Has he been worth a number nine overall pick? I'm not sure. 
Josh Rosen at 10. That was a bust. Minka Fitzpatrick has been very good. He was taken 11th overall. Um, if you did a redraft, I think he still goes in the first round. Uh, Vita Vea has been good. Deron Payne has been good. Marcus Davenport. These are all the guys who were good. Derwin James, Jair Alexander probably ends up being a top five, maybe top 10 pick. Leighton Vanderesh, Frank Ragnow. Then a bunch of busts. Oh, a bunch of busts. Holy cow. DJ Moore has not been worth the 24th overall pick. Hayden Hurst has not been worth the 25th overall pick. Calvin Ridley has been good. I don't know if he's been first round pick good, but he's certainly been second round pick good. Um, Sony Michelle, of course, Lamar Jackson would go pretty high. Uh, Bradley Chubb, I think I skipped. So this has definitely been a better draft class here, 2018 than than 2019 was. But still, I you know, in terms of who is like you know, revisionist history, like is it? Super obvious that Baker was a terrible pick. I don't think so. But I posted this on Twitter, and White Farmers Lives Matter uh, on on Twitter at Monsmoy One looks like he's from South Africa. He asked, "Who would I pick for the Packers at their original pick position every year?" That's a good question, and it's actually going to be harder to answer than I than I thought because. <laughs> Because, um, number one, because there have been so many trades by the Packers on draft day. So it's going to be a little bit hard to pin down again where their original position was. And then also, I mean, you know, by the time you go back to 2018, I don't remember who I liked. I don't. I mean, I'm looking at all these dudes. I, I could not tell you for the life of me, aside from the quarterbacks, who did I like? I mean, none of these guys stand out to me as as prospects. I know I liked Christian Kirk. He was a second-round pick. Who else did I even like as a prospect back then? I don't... I, I, I can only remember these guys for who they have been as NFL players. So I don't know. Um, I know I was not excited about Jair when we drafted him. I didn't... I didn't super knew, know who he was. I, I was not into college football at that time. I just knew he's from Louisville, and I was like, Louisville, they're not good. Why can't we get somebody from, you know, Bama or Ohio State or, you know, one of these good programs? <laughs> um, that was, like, the only thing I, I really knew. And I, I, I did want a corner, but I didn't really know him. Um, I Yeah, I don't remember any of these guys as prospects. 2019 is considerably easier for me. Um, and I, I'm really not going to mess around with the trades. I'm I'm just going to take where we ended up, and um, and and then say who I who I would have wanted at the time. So this is not revisionist history. This is not me saying, well, you know, uh, Josh Allen ended up being really good, and we didn't know that at the time. But uh, uh, that's who I take now. We're not doing that. We're just doing, you know, who I actually wanted at the time. So 2019 this is a little bit easier. I do remember this. All right, I wanted Nick Bosa, but he was obviously was gone by the time we were on the clock at 12. I wanted DK Metcalf. That's who I wanted. And I was so mad because, you know, he goes at the back of the second round after we took Elton Jenkins. And I believe you me, I had never in my life heard of Elton Jenkins. I couldn't believe that we took a guard 
in the second round. I was so mad. I'm like, DK is right freaking there. What is wrong with him? I also, so we were just coming off the 2018 season and the 2017 season where there had just been this just ludicrous, horrific backup quarterback play in our faces for so long um, that I just really desperately wanted a competent backup quarterback. And I was not at all thinking about like the future beyond Aaron Rodgers. This played into it. None at all. But, but I was saying like, I, I don't mind burning a first or second round pick on a backup. I'm so sick of like the Deshaun Kaiser, Brett Hundley BS that has been parading around in front of our faces. Take one of the quarterbacks, please just give us like Aaron clearly is older and clearly gets hurt a lot at that time. Since then, he's kind of hardly missed any time. But I was just saying, like, we, we have had such horrific backup quarterback play. And keep in mind, too, in the 2018 season, because this is even more relevant, is it 2018 or 2017? 20, the 2017 NFL season resulted in the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, where, you know, on the one hand, we have had to sit here through the horrific onslaught of diarrhea that has been the backup quarterback play resulting from Brett Hundley. And then we watch in Philadelphia as their backup quarterback goes and wins a freaking Super Bowl. <laughs> so, so I remember in the, in the 2019 NFL draft, I really wanted a, uh, a quarterback taken somewhere and, um, you know, Dwayne Haskins had been impressive at Ohio State. I thought, you know, maybe he would be good material for a backup quarterback. I thought, you know, like, man, there, there is no reason at all that you would stress if you had to lean on a guy like Dwayne Haskins to come in and win some games for you. Um, You know, and I, I wasn't really that upset that we didn't take him at pick 12. You know, he goes, I think, three picks later at 15 really didn't bother me, but I wanted to take a quarterback somewhere in the, in the first few rounds. And so, um, I, I think once drew lock went off the board, really it was, it was, uh, I'm sorry. Once Dwayne Haskins went off the board, it was drew lock that, uh, that I was really keyed in on. And, and I didn't, there was nothing about drew lock as a prospect that I liked. It was just like, Oh, he's the last, you know, actual quarterback left, um, that we could take here. So, you know, I, I guess it's going to be Drew Locke. And then we didn't take him at all. And I was like, well, I don't know. They're, I guess we're going to keep refusing to prioritize tight end. And we're going to keep refusing to prioritize uh, backup quarterback. You know, it's, it's just, just going to be how it is. Then, of course, in the third round, we take Jay Sternberger. And I was like, oh, dang, hey, we're going to get this, you know, superstar <laughs> tight end who just never panned out. But uh, DK Metcalf, that was the guy I really wanted to pick 12. And then at... When did we take Darnell Savage? Was he 26? He was 21. 21, I was sure. I was like, it, it is DK Metcalf. Like, clearly it is DK Metcalf. And then it was Darnell Savage, and I, I knew nothing about him, and I was just like, well, whatever. <laughs> I, I did not like that draft class at the time. Um, but obviously it has, it has turned out in hindsight to be a very good draft class because of – Rashawn Gary and, and Elton Jenkins. I think the rest of the draft class didn't really pan out. You know, we still got Darnell Savage, but obviously everybody hates him right now. Jace is gone. Kings of Kiki was 
good for five minutes, but he's gone. Anyways, it wasn't a great class. You know who would have been a smart pick at that point? Uh, in the sixth round, the Jaguars took Gardner Minshew. He's like exactly what you want in a backup quarterback. He's like a, uh, as high level of a backup quarterback as you can get, I think. He really should not be starting anywhere, but totally, totally great uh, backup quarterback. I, I would say better than Drew Locke, actually. Okay, 2020, I was honestly really, really desperate to trade up. Um, I was glad we did trade up, but by the time we had traded up, there was absolutely nobody left on the board that I wanted. Uh, I I kind of liked Justin Jefferson. Um, I kind of liked Brandon Ayuk. I really liked Kenneth Murray, who went at 23. So we're sitting here at 26. And, like, th- there's nobody after that who I liked at all. With one exception. Uh, I liked Jalen Hurts. I liked uh, Chase Claypool. I knew for a fact we were taking one of two guys. It was either going to be Jordan Love or it was going to be T. Higgins. I felt it in my bones it was going to be one of those two guys, and I didn't like either one of them. So I was I was honestly hoping we were going to reach and take uh, Chase Claypool. He went in the second round, after all. Uh, but by the time... I had initially discovered him. He was like considered like a fifth round prospect. And I was just all over him. Uh, but that is who I really would have taken. But I, I really wanted to trade up much higher. Um, by the time we had traded up, I felt like everybody good was gone. Um, and, and I would have been okay with JK Dobbins. Um, but then we took AJ Dillon. I think Dobbins was already off the board by the time we took Dobbins. Dylan. Yeah, Dobbins went at 55. We took Dylan at 62. So I was a little bit bummed that Dobbins went. And then we took Dylan, and I literally had never heard of him in my life. <laughs> had no clue who he was. But uh, 2020, um, sitting there at 26, I knew for a fact we were taking Jordan Love or T. Higgins. There was nobody else who I would have believed if we took. And I did not want either one of them. I, I really wanted us to trade up. Um, I think, you know, had we been able to trade up to like roughly 15 or so, Jerry Judy was the guy I really wanted. Um, I, I liked Henry Ruggs more than Jerry Judy, but he he went up at 12. It just was not remotely possible to, to get up that high. So I did like Jerry Judy. Um, and then I actually did like Jalen Rager. Um, which obviously he has gone on to be kind of a horrific football player, but I liked those guys uh, more than I liked Justin Jefferson, more than I liked Brandon Ayuk, and I didn't like T. Higgins at all. Twenty twenty one, I was kind of hoping we were going to take Caleb Farley. Actually, I'm curious how has Caleb Farley done the NFL so far? I know he's really struggled a lot with injuries. Ouch! Caleb Farley has been bad. Um, so the 2021 draft, I predicted we were going to take Eric Stokes. I have a tweet up from, I think, earlier in the day or the day before saying, eh, I think we're going to take Eric Stokes. But I, I really liked uh, Gregory Rousseau, just looking at guys who were taken after our pick at 29. Um, I liked Gregory Rousseau. I liked Elijah Moore. I liked Christian Barmore. I think Barmore is who I really wanted. Uh, I liked... Who else did I like for our first round pick? I like Asante Samuel a lot more than Eric Stokes at the time. Just as a prospect, I thought Asante Samuel was, was going to be pretty good. Um, 
I think uh, I think had I been the guy drafting, we would have taken Christian Barmore or Asante Samuel. Uh, I did like Pat Fryermuth, uh, but I would not have taken him in the in the first round. I, our, our second round pick, yeah, we couldn't have taken Pete Werner because he went two picks before us. Uh, we took Josh Myers. I would have taken Creed Humphrey uh, instead of Josh Myers or who else? I tell you who I would not have taken. I I was not remotely about um, Amari Rogers in the third round. That was that was not where my head was at at all. I wanted Amon Ross St. Brown. I did. But I think that was most Packer fans. I think that was uh, pretty obvious to just about everybody. And then last year, this is a fun one for me. So we had the two first-round picks, and I felt pretty strongly about what I wanted to do. At pick 22, we took Quay Walker, and it blew my mind away. I I viewed him as like a third-round or later prospect. I was just not in on Quay Walker. I wanted Devontae Wyatt at pick 22. So I was totally elated that we took him at 28. But the two guys I really wanted were Jermaine Johnson and Devontae Wyatt. And I thought by taking Quay at 22, I thought there was no chance we were going to get either one. Now, I will tell you, I view Jermaine Johnson as like a top 10 pick. So I would have taken Jermaine Johnson first at 22, but I would have been super over the moon happy about Devontae Wyatt as well. Like th- those were easily my two biggest uh, draft crushes available at 22. I wanted Jermaine Johnson. I wanted Devontae Wyatt. Um, anybody else? There were some safeties I really liked. Uh, who was the safety I really, really loved? Oh, and of course there was George Pickens. Cause I would have taken, I think I would have taken George Pickens at 28. That, that's, that's the other thing. I, I think I probably, probably would have done a split and done one offensive guy and one defensive guy in the first round. So between Jermaine Johnson and Devontae Wyatt, it would have been tough. I think I would have taken Jermaine Johnson um, at 22 and then George Pickens at 28. But then I'd be missing out on Devontae Wyatt, and I was in love with Devontae Wyatt. Now, thankfully, um, Quay Walker you know, went on to have, uh, a, 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 I think, a pretty impressive rookie season. I think he showed you enough that you have a lot to be excited about for his future. Oh, Lewis Seen was the other guy I really liked. You know, and I, I view this as having such a, a dire need at edge rusher and at safety. Maybe I would have taken Lewis Seen at 28. But that's the pile of guys it would have been for me. Devontae Wyatt, Jermaine Johnson, Lewis Seen, and George Pickens. It was those, those four guys is who I would have wanted. Um, totally happy with what we got out of Christian Watson in year one. I'm not complaining about, about that at all. Um, you know, he absolutely surpassed every single expectation I had for him. Had a much better year than George Pickens did. So um, no sour grapes for me. I'm I'm happy for Christian and, and excited to see uh, his success going forward. But at the time, that would have been the pile of guys I would have taken. As far as who I want to take this year, man, I I have no clue. We're going to get into that. But my, my goal this year is I really don't want to hone in on – you know, just, especially since we don't have two first round picks like we did last year, where it was like, man, you really gotta, <laughs> you really gotta like ID uh, a bunch of these guys because you're gonna take two of them. And then you know, since we moved up in the second round, really we ended up taking three guys who were you know borderline first round picks. Super exciting, 
but uh, I, I still have a lot more digging I got to do on this draft class and, you know, really hone in on kind of who my guys are. I, I certainly have some of, you know, my guys, you know, we're picking it at 15. There's just, there's so many options, so many ways to go. Uh, I, I, th- I think Anthony Richardson will be available. And so obviously, obviously, you know, I'm going to be excited uh, you know, about the, the possibility of taking him. There's no chance the Packers will because they already have two quarterbacks, <laughs> but and they don't need a third one. But, but man, I like Anthony Richardson. Um, uh, man, I don't know. We'll we'll have to get into this more in future um, podcasts because we have run out of time today. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, do follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. Uh, you can also support this podcast at patreon.com slash JJ Leahy. And again, the phone number, if you want to call and leave a voicemail or send in a text, 231 714-4195. That is just a Google Voice phone number. So you call it. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to answer it. You'll just get a voicemail. And you just leave your recording and, and hang up. And that's that's about it. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have listened to Packer After Dark, so you get the concept. Uh, but Colin, uh, with uh, your thoughts, especially about the draft, um, have uh, some questions that were sent in, like you know, why are we having so many tight ends mocked mocked to the Packers at 15 and is that a realistic thing I think we should get into that uh, probably next week I think it'll be a good topic Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for us today let me get out of here you guys have a fantastic week talk to you next week here on the Packernet Podcast Network